Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome into another edition of In Between the Stitches. I am your host, Brady Wilson, and today we'll be discussing um, some of the latest sports news. So, to recap, why I haven't posted, I actually have had two episodes to post. One was before the divisional round, and one was actually, I couldn't get one before the uh, conference, but I was able to get one after. And it turns out that um, my podcasting feed did not upload to Spotify, um, and that is quite unfortunate. Ran into it just did it just said error. Didn't really give a reason why. So sorry for the lack of posting. I hope to get to a more consistent basis. Um, I'm thinking of doing this where Tuesdays nights are easy to do it. Um, I am looking to get into a job uh, opportunity, so I have to see when that happens. But I would like to start doing two a week. Um, one recapping the week and one recapping the weekend, because typically weekends, you know, there's a lot happening. Um, remember, basketball, hockey, we don't really cover it unless something major happens. Um, the trade deadline for the NBA just happened. Um, some big trades, James Harden, you know, going to the Sixers, I think it's a good move for both teams. The Sixers get a score to add next to Embiid, and the Nets add Curry, Seth Curry, and they add Andre Drummond, who are two nice role players to put next to Kyrie when he can play, and uh, KD. Mavericks made a trade. You know, it. I could talk about it, but I, I don't. I'm not the most knowledgeable NBA fan, so you got to give me some time. But that that was me covering the NBA uh, trade deadline. There you go. So we have a new mock draft for you guys. Um, remember, we are now in draft season. I love this time of the year. If only baseball could get their crap together, we would be. Um, We'd be in business. So for this episode, again, let's recap of what we're, you you will be seeing in this episode, and it will be a mock draft preliminary to the off season for the NFL, Super Bowl recap, the halftime show, maybe like a minute on that, and baseball lockout, and the Tyler Skaggs trial, which I think should be a lot bigger story. Then again, I'm also mad at baseball, so you know, almost. <laughs> This Skag story could be t- could, should be taking down at least the Angels, and I don't think it is, and that and that's a problem that I think baseball has to address. Big breath. All right, here we go. Everybody ready? Locked in. Hopefully, maybe you're listening to me. This is a Tuesday night, so it'll be coming out um, the morning of Wednesday, uh, February sixteenth, two thousand twenty-two. So maybe this is your morning commute. Maybe this is um, you in your car. Maybe this is you headed to school. Maybe this is you're at school and you have a teacher that is boring the daylights out of you. And I can relate because I've been there. So here we go, guys. I'm excited. Um, f- we're going to start out with um, kind of talking about draft season. I would like to be able to do draft-only episodes. And they'll be sprinkled in, so they'll be I won't be able to plan them. They'll be kind of surprise episodes. And... It'll probably just be re- me recapping some things that I've been watching in film. You'll be hearing a little bit of draft stuff when I do this. Um, I don't want to do one mock draft a week because I think that's a little bit overdoing it. What I may start doing, and, and I'll just see what I'm feeling. You know, I may, I may talk about some of the guys I've been watching in film. Like today, I watched some Zion Nelson from Boston College. Dude is a stud. Okay? Um... So it just kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll see, I'll play it by ear. I, I, I got to see what happens first. But here we go. I'm excited. So let's hop in the draft season, guys. It is officially started 73 days from Monday, February 14th 
to Wednesday, April 28th, 73 days. Meaning we have 73 days to watch film. I already spent one of them getting my big board set up. And that was getting everybody that I know is draft eligible at the combine that I could watch. And took took a lot longer than expected. Was able to get Zion Nelson some film in today. Um, would like to be doing one to two players a day. And then weekends doing a lot more. Um, this is the fun part of draft season. You know, finally get to do some film. Got the combine coming up. Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl, okay, I put stock into it. But... At the, at, the, at the same time, it's difficult to, for me to watch and comb through it and figure out who everyone is. So I kind of look at it. Again, and the combine is one of those. I look at it for, okay, how it just it's a basic outline of who you are as an athlete. And, you know, I've seen guys that have bad 40 times. Jalen Rager had like a 4-4, 40 time, and I know that guy could run in the 4-3s. I, I, I know he can. I've seen him do it, you know, in, in high school, which I, I lived in the same town as he did, Waxachie. So, you know, I saw him growing up, which was, by the way, a treat to watch. Um, he really enjoyed um, doing that. So, I skin don't know how we're going to do draft season. We'll figure it out. I'm going to have fun doing it. Um, but before we hop into my next mock draft, let's take a little bit, a little bit of time here. And let's talk about Super Bowl. Was it a great game? It wasn't an all-time, oh my, you know, God, what the, you know, what the crap did I just witness? But it was a good game. I definitely would give it, at the very least, an 8 out of 10. I'm probably leaning more towards a 9 out of 10. It's not a perfect Super Bowl. It wasn't the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. All right? That probably is Seahawks-Patriots. Probably. And that's, that, that, you know, that's a tough ranking there. But that may be the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. This one was awesome. Okay, the halftime show was great. I I enjoyed it. Um, there's some controversy. I don't care about it. Halftime show, enjoy it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. It just is kind of that thing. It it's just it it's cool. It it, it I I don't get like you know really pumped up for the you know the halftime show. Um, I was excited. You know, I'm I'm always interested. I'm always intrigued to see who they get each year. But you know, I mean. I'm not like living or dying by whoever they 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 have do it. You know, it's it's not like it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. And I know that that sounds kind of awful, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't hold a lot of stock into oh you performed at the Super Bowl. You know, it's cool. It's just a cool gig. Anyway, good good halftime show. Uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, they they all put on a show. Um, but back to football, um, I wasn't able to get a podcast. Uh, I'm from I'm from Boston now. Um, I wasn't able to get a podcast. That's even worse. I wasn't able to get. I was not able to get a podcast episode up before the Super Bowl recap in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm talking about it. You know, forecast. If you did not know, if you knew me, you would know that I picked Rams by a score of 31-24. Um. I wasn't far off, 23-20. My friend, my best friend, um, Seth, he picked him 27-24 was his pick. So he was a lot closer than I was. Um, I think what happened was Joe Burrow's O-line failed him, which we all saw coming. Aaron Donald feasted. That entire line, I was listening to uh, 105.3 The Fan this morning, um, Dallas Radio, and they were talking about how that was 
since Next Gen has been doing, um, according to Next Gen stats, since they've been doing the Super Bowl, which is like 2012, um, that is the worst performance by an offensive line. And it was also the worst performance by an offensive line this year. 18% win rate, I believe they said. Which means the defensive line of the Rams put on the best show. Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, um, Aaron Donald, they, they feasted. And, 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 and rightfully so. And I'm not part of the crowd. I was at first, but I'm not anymore. I'm not part of the crowd anymore that was, oh, you see, if you dread to Panay Sewell, you, you may want to win that game. Because you're right. But then the other, I, I agree with the other crowd, which is, okay, if you don't draft Jamar Chase, you may not get the Super Bowl. You don't know where you are. Okay? But I think this year, and you'll see it in my mock draft, that you've got to address that offensive line. You have to. There, there's, there is no excuse for what they put on. It was a bad bad show for the Bengals offensive line. Joe Burrow did everything he could that a man could do. And Matthew Stafford, I just think he was, him and Cooper Cup were not going to be denied a Super Bowl championship. And that's fine. Rams went all out, and they deserve it. They went all out for a championship. They sold the farm, and they get a ring. And as my dad has always told me, it doesn't matter what you trade. It doesn't matter if they're all of the picks they traded away turns to be Hall of Famers. That flag that says 2021-2022 Super Bowl champs, or I guess 2022 Super Bowl champs, Super Bowl 56 champs, that little that flag will fly forever. There will always be a flag wherever the Rams play that says Super Bowl 56 champs. Flags fly forever. I've heard that, and I love that saying. Because it's true. It doesn't matter what you gave up. As long as you win. If you don't, you know, and me and, my, me and Seth have been talking about this. And I'd like to get him on the show a couple times here about, if you hear some creaking, it's my chair, sorry, was if you don't get this, you sold out for the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and you unfortunately did not have the quarterback to win. So now, what do you have to do, right? Not what you have to do, but like, you know, now you sell the farm again, and it works. And he was saying, and he was telling me, dude, if this doesn't work, they are gonna look like they're gonna look like fools, okay. And I am not saying the Rams blueprint is the blueprint to win right now in the NFL. You have to sell out and pay massive free agents and trade for stars. What I am saying is, if you get the right quarterback and you surround him with great talent, guess what? And that and that talent is a mix of young guys like Cooper Cup, right? And Taylor Rapp, you get, I, I don't want to call Jalen Ramsey a veteran, I guess, but yeah, you get some star-studded veterans like Jalen Ramsey and Odell Beckham Jr. Then, on top of that, you add in a Super Bowl winner who knows what it takes in Von Miller, and then you have the longtime stalwart defensive tackle that who who no doubt will go down as the greatest defensive tackle in the history of the NFL and Aaron Donald. That's a recipe for a great team. And you got Matthew Stafford, who's a great quarterback. And I long thought he was a great quarterback. And I thought he was, if not elite, on the cusp of elite. But he played in Detroit. Can't blame him for some of his wrongdoings over there. The team was never surrounded with a lot of talent. 
He had Calvin Johnson. He never had he never had a running game. And, you know, that, that killed that team. That killed those teams. You know, so for the Rams, that that's not the, I don't think that's the number one blueprint. Like, if you don't, you know, sell the farm, then then you're never going to win one. Like, you know, I saw Cowboys Twitter was going off like, see, Jerry, you have to, you know, do these things to win. I'm just thinking, no, you don't. You don't have to sell the farm to win. If you draft well enough and sign the right free agents at the right times and it all just clicks, you got it. All right. All right. So that is not the blueprint for a Super Bowl championship. And I think that's important to note. So, again, great Super Bowl. I'm excited to see the offseason now. It's going to be crazy. The salary cap has now gone back up, but still, a lot of teams are over the cap. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, time for me to unveil Brady's 2022 post-Super Bowl mock draft, technically mock draft 2.0. With the number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars have an embarrassment of riches, of course. Picking number one again. You get to add another number one overall pick to pair with your quarterback. You could go O-line, get someone to protect him. You could go defensive line, get someone to rush the passer. You could get on a corner. You could get anything you want. Get another receiver to put around him. However, I think Justin Ross is a great fit for the Jaguars in the third round, maybe even the fourth round. He's a Clemson guy, so, you know, hey, pair him up. Pair him back up with, with ETN, and uh, I'm excited for ETN, by the way, him and Robinson. I think you have a number one overall quarterback. You've got to invest in a number one overall left tackle. Evan Neal, the 6'7", monster of a human from Alabama, I think he's the guy. You know, I think off the tackle, and not that Ed Rusher, it, not that Aiden Hutchinson and Kaivon Thibodeau are not better players. They probably are. In fact, my number one is probably Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Neal. Probably. reason I say Neal here, got to protect Lawrence. You got to give him time to throw. Okay? And it's the Jaguars in a weird spot. You got a franchise quarterback, in my opinion, who was getting the crap beat out of him. The NFL was swallowing him, was swallowing him up. Getting this guy to protect him would be massive. Because he's a massive human. And sure, there are, but edge rush or something you could get. If you if you were to look at my draft, okay, and I'm just going to give a little slight spoiler here. Guys like Nick Benito. said, guys like, hold on, let me click some stuff here. If, you know, so if the Jaguars wanted to go um, Neil, which I believe in this mock they do, then in the top second round, in my mock here, you still have Majai Sanders, Drake Jackson, Logan Hall are a couple names. They're still available going into the second round. And I think that that's, that's the move for the Jaguars right now. Protect your number one asset. At number two, the Detroit Lions, Aiden Hutchinson, Edge, Michigan. Hutchinson will change the culture of this team. He's a natural-born leader. He is powerful edge rusher. He is a quick 10 to 15 sack guy. Um, I can't really give you a, who he reminds me of, but I can guarantee this. He's a power rusher. His speed game is his only detriment. He's He lacks a little, I think he lacks some explosiveness, but he gets to the quarterback, man, and he does not quit. 
I think he changes the culture of Detroit, and I think you go back in this, go back up at pick 32 with the Rams pick, and you get someone else that's going to help your football team. I'm going to keep these uh, descriptions a little, trying short and sweet because, you know, I'm going to try to keep them as short and sweet as possible because I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time here. The Texans at number three overall select Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher, Oregon. Dude's a freak. Okay, I think he's the best player in this draft right now. Um, reminds me of Randy Gregory in that he just he gets the pass, uses that beautiful length that he has, and speed and agility, and you know one second clean, pockets clean, the next second bam, Thibodeau's right in your face. Um, I think the Texans they you know they need a complete overhaul of their team. Um, I think Thibodeau adds a great edge rushing guy. Um, to pair with a decent defense, honestly. Their offense is what needs work. The Jets, and a quarterback, by the way, a quarterback could be available at the top of the second round. The Jets, Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback, LSU. They need some corners. They they have, ever since Darrell Revis has left them, they have not had any good corners to play for them. Stingley, I think, could come in and be Darrell Revis, maybe, perhaps. I'm just saying. I think he would give you that number one lockdown corner, lockdown that side of the field, worry about everybody else. And the Jets have two picks, this two really high picks. And I think this, you know, they have one at 10, so this would be a great way to add to the defensive side of the football. The Giants, who have two picks in three, have two picks in three selections. Um, at number five, they go, and I might butcher this, Ekem Aquanu, offensive tackle, NC State. This dude's a mauler. He loves contact. He loves to hit people. He's violent at the point of attack. And I think that after the disaster that it was Andrew Thomas, Thomas looked a little bit better this year. I will say he looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable at left tackle. Equanu can go play right tackle. And if you want Thomas to play right, you can kick one in the right tackle. You'll probably be fine. Equanu adds a lot of... And if Will Hernandez leaves, guess what? You kick Equanu in the left guard. He honestly has a body build more. He has more of a guard. Sorry, my chair is moving here. He honestly has more of a guard build than um, a tackle. But he could, but he was a tackle, so it's one of those he could play both. The Panthers, and it's a run on offensive lineman here. Well, a small run here. Charles Cross, offensive tackle of Mississippi State. Not that I think Charles Cross is a top six talent. I think that the Panthers have a huge need at left tackle. Charles Cross adds a dude that pairs athleticism with brute strength. Um, he reminds me, I, I again, and my, 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 and my player comps are going to be off, okay? It, 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 you know, it happens. He reminds me of a, of a, of a smaller Tyron Smith, maybe. I don't know about smaller. I, I don't remember how big uh, Cross is. But, I mean, he reminds me of a little bit, he reminds me of uh, Tyron Smith. A lot, you know, and and it's, and it's easy for me to equate the Cowboys, by the way, because I've been a Cowboys fan my entire life. Giants come back at number seven, and they draft George Karloftis, edge rusher, Purdue. I am very excited to watch some film on him. In fact, I'm that maybe who I watch tomorrow is uh, Karloftis. So I can't tell you like a whole lot about him. What I can tell you is that he's highly rated. What I've heard about him is very good. And right here, right now, the Giants need an edge rusher, and it sounds like Karloftis is their guy. The Falcons, they need they need 
defensive line help. But I think the opportunity to draft a once-in-a-lifetime player like this, who, if there's anyone going to be this year's Micah Parsons, like, right, you know, that, that versatile defender that can do everything, Kyle Hamilton, who they have listed as, we'll say, safety, Notre Dame. Hamilton is a dynamic playmaker. He can play linebacker. He can cover a guy. He can play safety, and he can rush the passer. Guy can do it all. And I think him falling to eight, the Falcons just cannot pass that opportunity up. The Broncos, this is the first point, I think, and the, the quarterbacks of this draft are going to be what makes it weird and, and fun to watch. The Broncos are the first pivot point where a quarterback could go. However, I don't think one goes here. Devin Lloyd, linebacker Utah, I think is their selection here. This gives you a dynamic, rangy linebacker to go sideline to sideline. He's kind of what Jalen Smith could have been in the NFL, perhaps. And I think that, you know, quarterback right now, again, quarterback is something if you need to address it. Malik Willis is your guy in in day two. I will be really shocked if he goes day one. I think he's a high day two pick. And Malik Willis to Denver. And, and of course, you know, Denver's still in on Aaron Rodgers. This would give you a leader of your defense, which I think they need. They have great second. They have a great secondary right now. A lot of young talent there. I think if you get him and maybe you add an edge rusher later on, you're sitting pretty good. And this pick could be a Packers pick. Remember, they might not even be picking here because Aaron Rodgers the trade. The Jets now come back up. Jamison Williams. I know he tore his ACL. Sorry, wide receiver, Alabama. Man, he's what six foot three. Runs like a gazelle. I mean, dude's awesome. I loved watching him um, uh, when I did, uh, especially in the Iron Bowl. Dude took over. Um, oh, no, it's right. I was, I'm thinking of someone else. I'm sorry. Um, he got thrown out of the Iron Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. He got, tar- he got, he got a targeting penalty. Man, I look stupid. Um, but from what I did see this year, Williams was a wide receiver one. The Jets desperately need that. If you want Zach Wilson to succeed... Got to get a receiver. You got to get him someone to throw the football to. Right now, you don't have that. The Washington Redskins, Commanders, football team, whatever they're going to go by now, they go with another receiver, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. I think they need someone to take the pressure off Terry McLaurin. And whoever's the quarterback next year for them, I think you give them a good young weapon to pair with McLaurin. And you got yourself a two-headed monster receiver. And Cam Sims looked really intriguing um, this past season, Logan Wilson, injury-prone, but still a decent tight end. Um, and I think that you got yourself a really nice offense looking at going into next year. The Vikings, they need a corner. Um, I know they had, you know, they gladden and whatever. They need, and dance, so they need another, they need a corner. They need someone to lock down inside of the field, and I think it's Sauce Gardner. It is almost a fall for Gardner at number 12, but I think he is easily one of the best, the second-best corner in this draft. The Browns. You know what? Why not? Baker Mayfield's your quarterback? Fine. Garrett Wilson and Jameis Williams are off the board? Fine. Second round. You go defense here. Interior defensive lineman Jordan Davis. They're going to go, they're going to maybe reach for him. I'm a big fan of Davis. So I don't think 13's a reach for him, but it could be a reach for some people. You get someone to pair with Miles Garrett. That is unstoppable. Jordan Davis, dude, stops the run, fills up like three gaps. <laughs> and then you got Miles Garrett rushing the edge, dominating pass rush from the uh, Browns for next year. 
The Ravens, DeMarvin, I'm going to go Leal. Um, he's an edge rusher, D-lineman, D-lineman from Texas A&M. He can kick inside to play B-gap. He can even play over the A-gap. He's more of kind of a B-C player, but I really like what he brings to the table. He was great at Texas A&M, and I think the Ravens need someone, a dynamic pass rusher, to take pressure off the offense. They can, they, they can get the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands quicker. The Eagles, back-to-back picks. They go Andrew Booth, the corner from Clemson, and, breaks my heart, Tyler Linderbaum, interior offensive lineman or a center from Iowa. Booth gives you someone to pair with Darius. I love pairings here. To pair with Darius Slay, and that makes that secondary really scary to combat the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have a great receiving core, regardless of if Gallup leaves. If Cooper stays, which I think he will, and Lamb, that gives you a one-two punch to counter their one-two punch. So I I think that works really well for them. Plus, he's a battle-tested corner coming from Clemson. And he wouldn't. And one thing, one more thing about Booth. I don't think he's. I don't think he would thrive in a number one corner spot. If he were to go, let's say, a couple spots later. Let's say he goes some spots later to the Patriots. Okay, I don't think he would flourish there because let's, let's say the Patriots don't resign J.C. Jackson. Then you've got Booth being the number one corner. I don't think he can be a number one corner right now. I think he needs to be that number two develop his NFL game, and then that translates. He's very aggressive. I think he needs to learn the speed and how the NFL plays differently from college football. If Jason Kelsey goes, we don't really know, or I, I could have just forgotten that he did retire. I'm not sure. This gives you a guy to replace him. I mean, his comp is literally Tyler, is Jason Kelsey. Tyler Linderbaum is super athletic, um, has power, sometimes gives up leverage, but he's a very good center, and he's the best center prospect in this draft. Um, another offensive lineman goes to the Chargers, Kenyon Green. Um, I think you could kick him outside the tackle. You can kick him inside. I think um, right tackle could be where he plays um, for whoever it was last year. I don't remember who it was. But it was, I remember it was bad. Um, so I, I think he provides more, even more. This is you investing in Justin Herbert. You have your weapons. You have a good defense. This is now two straight first-round picks going into that offensive line to protect your high, your highest, highly valuable asset. The Saints, Traylon Barks, dude's going to be Debo Samuel. He can play running back. He's big. He's fast. I love what Traylon Barks brings to the table, and I think the Saints. You pair with Michael Thomas, and if Michael Thomas leaves, it gives you either a replacement or another good receiver to put next to him for the Saints. Then the Eagles have their third pick, David Ojabo, edge rusher. Barnett could be leaving. You, you don't know the state of that. You don't know the state of that defensive line. And I think Ojabo gives you a super dynamic edge rusher who can go back in coverage. He reminds me of a little bit of a lengthier Von Miller. And that's scary to think of. The first quarterback off the clock, Pittsburgh goes with Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett. It's too perfect. Okay. I think Pickett is a lot like Ryan Tannehill. He can run. He's got a good arm. Um, and I, I think that he projects well as a starter. If there's one guy that projects as a starter this year, if it, and if it's not, it's not Matt Corral, it's Kenny Pickett. And I think him going to Pittsburgh, it just it makes sense. The Patriots, regardless of if J.C. Jackson re-signs, I think this is still their pick. Roger McCreary, um, cornerback from Auburn, battle-tested, SEC, 
I think I like what McCreary brings to the table for the Patriots, and I think that Bill Belichick gets himself a good number two corner to get that one-two punch coming back from that New England defense. The Raiders go offensive lineman Darian Kennard, Kentucky. I hope the the, the I hope I didn't make a video about or a, a, an episode about me gushing over Alex Leatherwood. I loved Alex Leatherwood. I was a huge fan of Alex Leatherwood. So I'm sorry that I was. Um, I think this gives you a, a good right tackle. Just and if it's not him, it's an edge rusher. Could be the guy that goes next. You you never know. But I think Kennard projects one of the Raiders. He's a Raider guy. He's big. He's gonna have a great combine. I think. I think he's a Raider. Trevon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia, goes next to the Cardinals. Um, J.J. Watt, we don't know the situation with him. Um, Chandler Jones is getting older. Um, heck, he may have been injured. I don't remember what happened to him. Um, Walker, he may not have been injured. I, I can't. I know he wasn't because I remember the he killed us. He killed the Cowboys. Walker gives you somebody that can put his hand in the dirt and go get that quarterback. And I, I think that that's something the Cardinals need. My Dallas Cowboys at 24. And again, I don't throw my drafts. I don't, hey, look, I'm going to make this guy fall. So my Cowboys is who I want. I just don't think a team needs a linebacker from the Broncos to here. Dallas Cowboys go Nate Dean, linebacker Georgia. Been seeing this all over mock drafts. I agree with it. This would be scary. Jabril Cox is coming off a, an, a, uh, an ACL tear. Dean would give you a natural leader to go with Parsons and the rest of that defense, and Dan Quinn would be elated. And that gives you day two to invest in your offense. You never know who could be there on the offensive line, as a receiver, as a tight end. You have more options on the offense, I think, if you invest in your defense high again. And then by middle offense, I think the Cowboys have, that's the draft strategy, to go in a Super Bowl. The Bills at 25, Jaquan Brisker, safety, Penn State. I know they got good safeties, and I know corner could be a need, but I think Brisker and Micah Hyde would be scary in that secondary. I think it would be super scary. And I, I, I think this would add, this would give Leslie Frazier someone on that back end that, and plus, Brisker is super athletic, and he's great in coverage. This gives you someone to cover Travis Kelsey. We know that's the rivalry in the NFL right now, especially in the playoffs. It's becoming the new Patriots-Colts. This gives you kind of a, a Chiefs uh, buzzsaw, right? Someone who can cover perhaps even Tyreek Kill, Shade over, play that double team. I think it gives them a chance to beat the Chiefs. Titans get an edge rusher, Drake Jackson, USC. The Titans had a you know sacked Joe Burrow like nine times. Nine times. They still don't have anyone that scares me. Jeffrey Simmons is pretty good. They just, they don't have anyone that makes me go, wow. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we got a game plan for that dude on that defensive line. Drake Jackson gives you a lengthy, rangy, whatever. By the way, I think I said he was available earlier. He isn't in this draft. I guess Majai Sanders would be available for the Jaguars. Drake Jackson gives you a lengthy edge rusher. They can get off tackles very easily. And I think it adds a good element to that Tennessee Titans defense. The Buccaneers, they could have they, they've lost Antonio Brown. They could be losing Chris Godwin. Jahan Dotson, he's good receiver from Penn State. I think he adds something, a good number two. I think he's more of a slot receiver in the NFL. But we gotta see. I think it gives whoever's gonna play quarterback for that team a, a really good chance. The Packers don't invest in offense. They keep Aaron Rodgers and Kingsley. 
and I'm going to butcher the crap out of this name, Kingsley Inagbear, Inagbera, whatever his name is, sorry, from South Carolina as an edge rusher. I know you've got good edge rushers. This, uh, one thing I noticed about the, the Niners, they ran all over them. They pushed the line of scrimmage. They didn't have anyone that was getting through. He gives you someone that can get through that defensive line. They can get pin, they can penetrate those holds and can exploit leverage and get through that offensive line of a defense, I mean of an offense, and make the big-time tackle. The Dolphins, to protect Tua, the big man from Northern Iowa, offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Um, from what I've seen so far, hand placement's perfect. Pad level's perfect. Athleticism, it's up there, man. Powers up there. He's just a great prospect. I think he's going to rise on a lot of boards. The Chiefs, they need a number one corner. I think Kyer Elam gives them someone who can be that number one guy. Um, I really like that 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 fit for the Chiefs. The Bengals, Daniel Falale, tackle from Minnesota is big. I think he's like six nine. He's huge. He gives you that Joe Burrow protector that. I'm gonna pick my quarterback up, dust him off, and I, you know, I got you. That that guy's gonna fight for him. That guy that's not gonna allow anyone to bring any harm to that quarterback. And the 30 second pick. I hope I'm talking too fast. The Detroit Lions to pair with Amon Ross St. Brown, select Drake London, the best jump ball receiver in college football. I think he gives you someone that either Jared Goff or maybe someone they draft in day two gives you someone that can go up and get the football. St. Brown's more athletic, you know, zing and zag. London's just more, here it is, big man, go catch the football. So that is my mock. I'm really proud of it. I think it turned out really well. But again, we're still in the early preliminary stuff of draft season. So we've done Super Bowl, we've done draft. Let's move on to baseball for a little while here. This lockout is starting to piss me off, okay? Owners tried to cut ML... You're not... Why are you trying to cut minor league players? You know that's not going to work. You know... Hey, let me cut player jobs. That's going to get them... That's going to get the union to want to be on our side. No! What are you thinking? What? I, I don't know what's going to the owner's head right now. I have a really bad feeling they're going to delay games or cancel games, and I don't want that. I have tickets early in the year because I was hoping they'd be done by now. I still think one will get done maybe early next week. Or late next week, but that's, I mean, it's definitely getting really close. Um, it's just unfortunate, man. I hate it that they're doing it, but you know what? Uh, nothing I can do about it. So, I guess why worry, but it, it, it just, it's bothering me. Uh, uh, players are said to reject, the, or now are soon to reject the proposal and come up with their own, which the owners are pro- will promptly reject and counter with one, and it's going to go back and forth, and it's going to get uglier. My last segment of the day is um, Tyler Skaggs. Um, what what a sad thing, man. I was on a cruise at the time, and he, he you know, hearing that he overdosed was tough. I knew who he was. I liked the guy. I thought he was a good pitcher. And it was just, and, and learning what I learned today, um, baseball could be in some deep struggles some deep stuff if this becomes a big story. Four players from the Angels testified that they took, you know, oxycodone and stuff like that and Percocets and 
I want to say Matt Harvey, you know, admitted that, you know, he used to do cocaine when he was in New York, and it's just, it, it's, I mean, we knew that, but it's just, it's, baseball is getting some more drug use again. And, of course, you know, they asked Matt Harvey, well, why'd y'all take this stuff? Well, we're trying to stay in the bigs. You know, we're trying to feel better. For an injury, we can't play. We can't make money. Someone else takes our job. Um, it was Mike Morin, Cam Bedrosian, um, Matt Harvey, and C.J. Crone with the four points testified. I mean, it said that they were doing this stuff in the dugout, clubhouse. Tyler Skaggs would snort some oxy, you know, uh, in the bathroom mid-game or you know before he was gonna pitch to feel loose, or his word is loosey goosey. But I, I just think this is reflecting horrible on baseball. I think it could. It's not really yet, but I think it will. Um, just a horrible death, and hope they fix the problem. Right now, not much else to talk about in sports that I can think about. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, please, if you enjoy what you heard, drop a follow. Um, if you think, hey, you know what? My dad, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, why, whatever... They like sports. I'm sure they would love to listen to this really interesting kid who is trying to achieve his dream of becoming a paid sportscaster. Hey, he's got a pretty cool podcast. He talks fast, um, stutters a little bit, says some weird words. I, I think this would be a good recommendation for that. Um, please recommend me to your friends, family, known associates, uh, unknown associates. I don't care. I need people to listen. If you like what you heard and you are not following, please follow so you can get updates on those awesome episodes that you never know are going to come out. I may come out with one in two days about the draft. You never know. So please drop a follow, turn on notifications. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Or I hope you guys have a good sleep because I probably put you to sleep. So um, have a good day and be good people. And uh, thanks thanks for tuning in.